Welcome to Stance for Health podcast with Dr. Rod and Karen Wirth, where becoming healthy is not complicated. Control your health by focusing on six areas of life that we teach you so you finally have the energy you want, have to do what you want instead of being a victim of your age. I have over 20 years experience working as a chiropractor and Karen is a author, speaker, and longevity coach. We've seen how a tiny change in your habits today can open up your life to a powerful future. Start today and take your stance for health. Hi, welcome to Stance for Health podcast. I'm Dr. Rodney Wirth, seated with the multi-talented, multifaceted Hope Lady, also known as Karen Joanne. Sebastian, some of you know as Sebastian, and within the last five years, it's worth. Glad to be here, because we're talking about one of my favorite topics, neuroplasticity. Yeah, it's a buzzword that we've been hearing now for probably something like 10 years or more. Yeah, before that, it was basically accepted that you only had a certain number of brain cells. Once they're gone, they're gone. So just sit back and the inevitable would happen. Yeah, so the the key on this is is really, in a way, uh, if you haven't actually defined neuroplasticity before, it's kind of a scholastic term, but the reality is it's just describing something of what's been discovered through some of the latest technology, uh, brain technology, uh, spec scan and scans, brain scans and things like that. They can actually check the where the brain is functioning, blood flow patterns and things like that. And what, they're been, what we've been finding over the last 10, 20 years is the brain actually changes shape depending on how much you use certain areas neurons do is when they when they fire together they wire together Ooh, i like that and say they, that again when they when neurons fire? fire together and repeat it and follow repeated patterns they tend to wire together so neuroplasticity is basically the way that those the brain reorganizes itself based on experience and they discovered this when mm-hmm. people had had injury or it had strokes and the brain went around a damaged area and found other ways to help that to happen. So what we want to look at is that the key to learning and memory is implicated in a variety of cognitive processes, and that's language acquisition, attention, emotion. Having neuroplasticity is such a comfort that that's possible because I don't have to accept the fact that well that it's just genetically I'm genetically wired where my mother had dementia then oh well that's going to happen to me and I've actually heard people say that yeah. they believe that and that's not the way that it works that's right some of the research we did last week a lot of doctors want to prescribe meds for depression. They wanted to prescribe meds for anxiety. And, um, and there's a, it seems like there's a drug for just about everything, mm-hmm. and including Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. So mm-hmm. the reality is that what we're talking about is preventing what we think is inevitable by not allowing our chromosomes or our predetermined, our quote-unquote predetermined DNA to express that. Even if it's in the family, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to 
be excited that way and wire that way. I like that, that so yeah. much. So today we're going to actually talk about the role of what you eat and drink Ooh, on your brain. Yeah. And basically eat to your heart's content is what we've heard, <laughs> which is usually you're not eating things that are good for your heart. But this is going to be eating and drinking to your brain's content to where your brain is happy and thriving because you're eating a well-balanced diet for optimal health and well-being. And on other podcasts, we've talked about how good it is for the brain for to do intermittent fasting and a lot of these other things. But today, we're going to actually talk about what, we'll start out with what to drink and how that can affect it. So I love this research. I just jumped all over it, as you well know. <laughs> Water is essential for your brains to work properly. But the average person is dehydrated. And even a 3 to 4% dehydration begins to affect the mental capacity. Isn't that something? Because your brain needs 80% water and the rest of the body only 60%. So I think there's very few people that I know personally or in our patient-based doc that are at risk of drinking too much water. I really do. Yeah. Because we have a, a health satisfaction survey and a lot of them flunk that part. They grade themselves very strictly. It's funny. When we were in a physiology class or pathology class, it, it was bounced around several times that for every cup of diuretic, in other words, coffee, tea, and if, and if you're listening to this and you, you drink uh, Coca-Cola or some other brand or, of, an energy drink. or an energy drink, shame off of you uh, because <laughs> I, I don't want to know. I don't, you, you, what, what now you will know is that, that is, since that's a diuretic, you're actually, you're actually excreting more water, your cellular, extracellular water, than you have water in your body to, to spare. So that's what a diuretic effect is. And so... The, the, the rule of thumb was if you drink a cup of, a cup of that, you need to drink two up to three to match the loss of water okay. from that diuretic. Okay. And so I think that we've talked about water, but actually coffee is good for your brain in moderation. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but what you said about the water applies to everything. Yes. If a little's good. More is not necessarily better. Right. And I think that that's, at the end of the day, what we're looking at. But that caffeine is basically helping uh, block neurotransmitters, and it helps for you to fire some extra neurons. And so, if especially if you do bulletproof coffee. So describe bulletproof coffee. Oh, Part love. of our intermittent fasting is bulletproof coffee. Well, bulletproof is coffee is is actually a brand, so hats off to them for coming up with this. Okay, yeah, we so, we don't follow the brand per se, but right. it's a principle. Okay. Yeah. So the whole idea behind it is the 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 primary mover behind it, from my knowledge, is you're taking advantage of the caffeine. To give you energy, but you're also utilizing medium chain triglycerides, most of which are de derived from coconut oil, right? right? So, which is good for you, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're getting all the benefit of the coconut oil. But the medium chain triglycerides will actually utilize the fat digestion and metabolism pathway 
as opposed to in getting energy from that and you know using that for energy versus the pancreas having to excrete insulin in order to deal with the sugar that you just drank. So therefore, our bulletproof coffee is not with a ton of sugar or even milk because we right. use heavy whipping cream, MCT, and we also are intermittent fasting. And there's there are podcasts that we've dedicated just on the to fat. that topic. That's right, heavy on the fat. Now, when we talk about coffee, a lot of people are thinking, oh, good, I'm going to run by my favorite coffee shop, and I'm going to get me one of those uh, drinks that has the you know the whipped cream up top and all that sugar in it. That's actually an enemy to your brain. But that type of concoction is really detrimental to your brain because of all the sugar. And so I think that's something that you need to be very careful with. Avoid sugary drinks even juice, because a a shot of sugar basically is an enemy to your brain process. Mm -hmm. Well, now we have a a sugar connection to brain function. So if you're concerned about brain function, and you also happen to be in the camp of being concerned about cancer, you might want to take a look at your sugar intake, because now we're talking about both the inflammatory process in the body, metabolism in a general sense, but also how it's affecting uh, your gut and therefore your brain. Yeah. So when we're, what we're talking about with inflammation, remember, is, is, is actually a product of the macrophages or general immunity in your body. Mm-hmm. And if you have these white blood cells innate immunity walking around your body, floating around in your body, and uh, all of a sudden they, they have this sense of an invasion. It's Sometimes it's because it happened in your gut first. Yeah. So remember that principle too. So if it come, gets out of your gut, it's escaped into the bloodstream, it's going to get to your brain eventually. And that same white blood cell that produced inflammatory factors in the gut will also produce inflammatory factors in your brain. And that's what they find with people that have died prematurely with Alzheimer's. And levels of levels of inflammation are mediated by the gut too. Yes, they are. Yeah. And in, in, inflammation by the way is that pathway to both cancer and general all-cause dementia. Mm. Let's talk about some foods. Let's talk about something happy. <laughs> yes, 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 some of my favorite things. Yeah. High-fat content. High-fat content. So this is the whole controversial thing that happened over the last couple decades and even longer where fat became the enemy. And it actually is not. In fact, good fats and fish that is high in omega-3, such as salmon, good-sourced salmon. Well-sourced salmon, yes. Well-sourced, that's said better. Anchovies, sardines are really, really good for you. In fact, we always refer, seems to these days, to the blue zones, but the areas where people live longer with up to 100 plus years with low disability, that's one of their main sources of food, especially this, the Mediterranean areas where they eat a lot of those little bitty fish. We broke out a can. We actually bought like a pack. Of and we only ate half of it because <laughs> it did. was fishy. I got to find a way to fix it. Yeah. But I will. 
That's so funny. We, when growing up, one of the funniest things that you'd hear with regard to pizza was no anchovies, oh, please. And my late husband, Bill, loved pizza with anchovies. The main thing he loved about it, no one else would touch it. So uh, <laughs> There's a secret. That was his secret. He did really like them. Yeah. But avoid tuna. Why do we need to avoid tuna, Doc? You know, we have created our own problems with pollution, and one of the one of the ways uh, pollution problems or pollutants that actually affects the brain are heavy metals, and heavy metals happen to settle in the form of mercury in our ocean water and certain certain depths of ocean water, namely those where tuna tend to feed, is where you're going to find the mercury at the highest levels. Yes, so so you've got to be careful of those. And I really regret that because there's nothing like a really good tuna sandwich, but we don't eat bread anymore. So we're okay. We've adjusted. It's just been amazing. Now, here's another one. For a long time, people have been saying, well, you can eat eggs, but don't eat the yolks. But now that's changed. Isn't that interesting? Coffee was bad. Now coffee's good. Egg yolks are bad. Now they're good. But here's why I didn't know this. Eggs are going to give you vitamin B6 and B12. Mm. And those are really important to the brain. But there is something, and help me how to pronounce this, C-H-O-L-I-N-E is in the yolk, not the white. Mm. Is that choline? Choline? Choline, yeah. Choline. It produces fats that make up the cell membranes. And so that is what is so critical that you have in your diet because that choline is converted into neurotransmitters. ACH. ACH. That's critical for memory and learning. And the yolk's on you. Yeah. Uh, uh, There's a joke in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) A finger to point is a poke. A tail that's funny is a joke. The white of an egg is a albumin. <laughs> I knew I was saying that yeah, wrong, but I, I, the, the thing I is, wanted you to have the benefit that's of me right. falling for that's it. That's right. Let's talk about oils, the types of oils, the Ooh. omega-3 to 6. Which oils do we have in our diet, Doc? You know, we don't have the seed oils anymore. Right. Also known as what used to be called vegetable oil is actually now uncovered and unmasked as seed oils because it's coming from... Yes, soybeans. It's also coming from corn-derived products, sunflower-derived products. And many of those are just, unfortunately, just laced with lectins and easily mm-hmm. translated over the wrong kind of fat that, that uh, leads to cancer also. And one of the hidden sources of those oils, by the way, are your really healthy organic salad dressings. Yes. Not only will they have the MSG that we have talked about before, but they will also have, and it'll even say on the front, a really big olive oil. And you're like, oh, good. So I hand it to Doc because I usually don't have my glasses on when I go shopping. He wears his all the time. And I'm like, read the labels. And so far, I can't buy a single one. But I have a wonderful recipe if you want it. My olive oil uh, dressing vinaigrette is really, really good. It I'd be really happy good. to send you that recipe. It, and it keeps really well too in the it pantry. Does. Yeah. You were getting before I wanted to get back to that is but it's it's not it's not just that, that seed oils are bad. It's that they are so rich in arachidonic acid in some cases if they're but we're also talking about those things that are farmed with the, some of those chemicals that, that we've talked about before, uh, namely 
the, the one that actually suppresses magnesium in the soil and actually binds to it and renders it useless. So I'm drawing a blank on what it's called right Roundup. now. Oh, yeah, yeah, glyphosate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I use the name, but. So arachidonic acid is not necessarily bad. It's just that if there's so much of it that we get out of balance with that, just like we can get out of balance in our magnesium to calcium ratio. So it's, this, it's the ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s that's the bad thing. One of our last conferences we went to, there was a fascinating story where Dr. Murphy teaches senior students at a chiropractic college and he, everybody gets the test to see what their ratio, their omega-6 to 3 is, and it's only supposed to be 4 to 1. And he had one student who was 70 to 1. And so he turned his class over to someone else and went and talked to this person. And this person said that they, this young person, they were either, depending on the day, suicidal or ready to come in and shoot somebody in the class. And that was, if you want to know, take a guess what their ratio was. It was alarming. The average of that class of young people was 25 to 1. I remember it was supposed to be 4 to 1, the 6 to 3. His was 70. Yeah. And so he was able to change that by changing that ratio. And, of course, with that, you're going to need to supplement. But So you have the extra virgin olive oil. We use avocado oil for frying. And we use the MCT and coconut oil in baking. And we also use it uh, in, in our coffee. As we talk about something else, this one is not surprising. Which veggies you should be eating for your brain? What do you think? Dr. Oh, that's a great question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have the punchline. Well, it's your leafy greens. Yeah. It's your dark leafy greens and cruciferous. Now, that's like cauliflower. It's not green, but it, it falls in that. And so your leafy greens, that's that spinach, Swiss chard, kale, collard greens, arugula. We have fallen in love with arugula oh, lately goodness. because we have some in our, in our garden. It grows like a weed it in the does. garden. It's it does. It's amazing. And so what they do is they basically help normalize cognitive function with vitamin K, vitamin E. And see, these are from natural sources. So they're going to be helping you. But they also help with folate, which is key to brain health throughout your life. And so this is so important for you to do. And don't overcook it. And once again, or your, your orange roots and squash. So instead of spaghetti, substitute spaghetti squash. It is so yummy. There and is. So wonderful. You, you've got, you're, you're onto something there. It's a gold mine because that, if you like your, your noodles al dente anyway, it's hard to tell the difference for me yeah. anymore. But you didn't talk about the one that's number one on the list. First mention asparagus. Yes. You did? No, not yet. Oh, oh, oh. I was oh, saving oh. those the best for last. That, uh, yeah. I started with leafy greens. Oh, you did say leafy. But the thing about, uh, the cool thing about what we've done is we have what's called a spiralizer. And a spiralizer is this gadget. You just put the vegetable on it and you you turn the crank and it just turns out these wonderful noodles it's putting our wedding gift to good use yes it was what a, a wedding gift from my best friend from college here's another one 
You did stole she my really, thunder. Did she really get that for us? Donna did, yes. Oh, my goodness. Bill and Donna. Wow. We have a funny way of saying this when it almost came out. Asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> but it has folate also and a lot of vitamin E, anti-inflammatory compounds, and fiber to feed your second brain. Don't I, you love that? I am so glad you said it that way because when you get people that come in, we give the partners, people that partner with us in their health, they will oftentimes talk about how their iron levels are so low. And many times it's not necessarily what they're missing in the way of iron in their diet because there's iron everywhere. It's how does our body process it? And some mm -hmm. of the some of the vitamins cofactors, if you will, can that can actually help you with getting more iron out of your diet. Uh, is some of the B vitamins and folate mm -hmm. and some of these green green leafy vegetables you're talking about. That also. Yeah. Now what about this next one? Mushrooms. That was a surprise to me. I thought basically a non-food. Absolutely is, not. Is mushrooms and well. They have specific cognitive so. effects, according to recent research, and they boost antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties, and they're the, one of the richest sources of a compound found called a compound called ergotheonine. I said that wrong, but I don't know how to say it right. That basically it boosts the brain's processing speed and reduces the risk of cognitive impairment. But yeah, mushrooms, those yummy mushrooms, and we love those on our pizza, which we use a wonderful, uh, we have an almond flour crust that we buy. Ergotheonine. Yeah. Theonine. There, there's, that's gotta be, there's gotta be a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Ergo. <laughs> and then uh, turmeric. It's well yeah. known, the research in certain parts of India, there is very low amounts of of the dementia that we experience here. And it's so funny. I, I I don't mean to be biased or or stereotypical, but most of the folks from India that I know are brilliant. They really are. They really are. And and they, they eat a diet that's so rich in turmeric. So anyway, that's and that, that anecdotal active, at best. Yeah. The, the powerful bioactive in that, the compound is curcumin. Yeah. So that... If you're not eating that, you can actually supplement with that, but you do need to make sure that you're doing, that it's being absorbed. And so that's the biggest challenge with that. But it's the, basically, the benefits to curcumin is that it has been shown to cross the blood-brain barrier and directly enter the brain, boosting the brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, a type of growth hormone that helps brain cells grow. You can't make this stuff no, up. This research no. is so rich. But it's also a potent antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. And we've already just talked about that, how that's linked to improving your memory and gives you a higher level of serotonin and dopamine and they both improve your mood so we have given you so much information here and we'll put a lot in the in the show notes mainly i wanted to encourage you that you can take your stance for health you can make a difference with how you eat and what you drink with imbalance of course and it is wonderful to think about years ahead that we can live not just exist because 
we have been touched with people in our family mm -hmm. who lost that precious gift of the short-term memory. And I'm deeply touched by that because they did it in both cases as a result of the wrong oils and too much MSG. And that's why I'm so passionate about this topic. Rightly so, Karen. Personal choice. And we want to give you plenty of information, plenty of ammo, so that you can derive from those things that we told you. Make a decision because when you make a decision, it's like you're taking a stance, Ooh. which is one of the reasons why we encourage you to make choices. And that's why we call this Stance for Health, because all of this is about making healthy choices, ultimately. And we want you to, so that's what this uh, podcast is about, is making good choices and then, therefore, by doing so, you're actually taking your stance for health. We're grateful that you listened today. And be encouraged. The best is yet to come. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us at Stance for Health podcast, where getting healthy and staying that way are not as complicated as you might think. Subscribe now and discover steps and small changes that can increase your energy and open the door to vibrant health and longevity. If this podcast has been helpful, please write a review. We'll see you next time.